say with me, the separation of God. Say it again, say the separation of God. I want to I minister this message because I believe it is important um, when it comes to visitation, what God does. Say this with me, say separation, say visitation, revelation, worship, and say inheritance. That's the order when God calls you that He will take you through. He will bring first a separation. The moment He brings a separation, He brings a visitation to you. He doesn't first bring a visitation. Are you guys with me? Your spirit begins to pull and begin to cut things off from your life. And then you see a visitation coming upon your life. The moment there's a visitation, there is revelation that comes. You will not have one encounter or one visitation without revelation being imparted to you. What is our job or our desire at Encounter here? It is that God will bring another level of revelation. You know, people that are sitting under our ministry and we get the messages all the time on, on, on the internet. We have people watching from all over the world tonight. Uh, but uh, we get messages all the time. People saying the moment they are either partnered or they're part of encounter, that it is like, it is like, uh, they said that it is like a veil has been lifted their eyes have been opened. Doesn't matter if they were in another church for how many years. Where there is prophetic revelation, not only prophetic revelation, a prophetic grace, God has the ability to shift you. You can sit in another place that has great lights, great sound, and a great band. Unless the revelation can pierce and cause a veil to be lifted, you cannot grow. It is revelation that moves a person from one state of existence into another state of existence. Are you guys with me? When Peter received revelation from heaven, the Bible says that Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter answered and he said, uh, sorry, the other disciples answered. And they said this, they said, some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are Elijah, something like that. Are you guys with me? Let's put it up. I think it's Matthew 16, verse 13. I think so. Let's just put it up and see what is there. That's not my message, but let's just... Uh, yeah. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Next verse. So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Say with me, Elijah. Can I give you some revelation? Can I give you revelation? Thank you. Okay. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. Why would they say Elijah? And why would they say Jeremiah? If these guys lived thousands of years ago. Unless they believed. in a reincarnation of the spirit of a prophet. Which is true. Give me the scripture where it says Jesus. Jesus. So, they had a belief system. The Jews had a belief system or the Jewish culture or those in that era. 
that they believe that the spirit of a prophet, the spirit of a prophet, remember those are prophets, so we don't believe in reincarnation. Are you guys with me? And there's a big difference between a spirit and a soul. So please don't, don't, don't misunderstand. We're not preaching Hinduism. We're not preaching reincarnation. I'm giving you a Bible, what the Bible says. Why would they say you are Jesus was Elijah? Why would they say he was Jeremiah? Or one of the prophets. It doesn't say one of the kings. It doesn't say one of the priests. It doesn't say one of the patriarch. It says one of the prophets. Are you guys with me? Let's go to Matthew 11 verse 14. Matthew 11 verse 14. One verse back. Read this to me. Read it. Four. Until who? Next verse. Read it. Carry on reading. Are you guys with me? So Elijah already came. Jesus said, John was Elijah. Um, let me get another verse. Give me the verse where it says. Let me get you another verse. Are you guys with me? Okay. So let me give you another verse. Let's just see where it is. They're Googling slow, so. Luke 1.17. Put this up. Read for me. Stop there. One verse back. One verse back. One verse back. One verse back. I want to see. Here we go. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, John's father. And what I'm preaching, do you know, I don't even know these verses. The Holy Spirit is saying to me, go one verse back until I find where there's something. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Next verse. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to... Wait, wait, wait. Before you go there, sorry, I'm just making up a sermon. Oh, oh, give me a second. I think it is, let's go to uh, um, Zedana. Go into Malachi 4, verse 6. Wait, go with me. Wait, 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 wait. Go with me to Malachi 4, verse 5. 
read it for me, church. Lord, stop there. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Are you guys with me? Let's go back to, where were we? Uh, Luke, one verse. 15 or something. Go to 16, 15. And he, there. So he just, we were just reading and he will, oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, go back to, sorry, Malachi 4 verse 5. So behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day. We need to understand what is the day of the Lord. We are going to do an eschatological teaching this year. That is going to be a course that I'll be teaching, but it'll be, we, we need to teach because people don't understand these things. They don't understand what is the day of the Lord. They don't understand what is the last days. They don't understand what is the loss of the last days. They don't understand what time we are in. So they read scriptures under a new covenant with an old covenant mindset. Are you guys with me? So I'm speaking to you the scripture of the old covenant and I'm giving you its fulfillment. Are you guys with me? He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Next, next verse. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Serving hearts, say fathers to children, children to fathers. Go Luke 1 verse 15. Let's go 1 verse 14 again, 13. Let's go 1 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth bear a son, and shall call his name John. Next verse. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Next verse. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Next verse. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Are you guys with me? Next verse. He will also go before him in the Spirit and power of Elijah. Then Matthew 11 verse 14. Wait, 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 wait. Stay here, stay here. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, Malachi was fulfilled. Now if Malachi is fulfilled there, that means the great and dreadful day of the Lord had to be there. Are you guys with me? So there's no great and dreadful day of the Lord that you have to fear. Please, I'm not removing your second coming. The second coming is there. But <laughs> there's going to be great rejoicing in the coming of the Lord because He's coming with and He's bringing with Him prizes and rewards to those who will enter into their joy. Are you guys with me? And He's coming to reign and to rule on this earth, to occupy as we have occupied. And then we shift into the millennial reign. And in the millennial reign, like I explained, you shall be raised, many will be raised. And they shall work there. And there will be work. You will live forever, but there will be work. Okay? Some will be over others, and I can get into the teaching. Others will be under others. Others will see, you will be still submitting to your boss. 
எந்த மில்லேனியோ that's what it says but it will be a time of peace great peace that is coming are you guys with me so go matthew 11 verse 14 and if you are willing to receive it jesus is saying who john john is elijah it doesn't matter what christians want to throw at me right now i'm giving you jesus words taken from malachi being fulfilled in the new covenant jesus saying john is elijah go matthew 16 verse 15 see 13 16 verse 13 who do men say that a son of man is next verse some say john the baptist some say jesus you are elijah some say you are jeremiah others say you are one of the prophets so they believe that the spirit of a prophet could come again that was in their belief and it wasn't a wrong belief because jesus literally said john is elijah to come and then he was elijah are you guys with me am i preaching reincarnation no 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 i'm saying the spirit of a prophet is different when god sends apostles and prophets please understand that the church must be built upon the apostles and the prophets you know how frustrating it is we in this building and we staying in this building and people have been saying for years to go bigger and we could have gone bigger but it would have it was just not what the lord has said and there will be a time with our project when we are going to go bigger and so on but it's not what the lord has said up until until we have found favor and we have found favor meaning that every single vision i have ever had in relation to my life i have seen the fulfillment thereof every single one why should it not be the same for you and why should you not be seeing visions for your life i saw our project already how many years ago already 15 years ago and i told it to pastor chris when he was just somebody young just picking me up i didn't even know who he really was but he just picked me up from the airport and i had the vision in the car and every single vision the lord has given me has come to pass and i asked the lord i said what is it that some and i'm not saying i'm successful in any way uh, i have great lens great 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 lens to go to but i was just using as an example and you know let's take cape town a lot of a lot of churches on right right now threatened with what is happening with encounter there and some are saying they are confused they don't understand why so they are asking pastor steve and they said what is it is it is it was the church is it the gift of healing is it is it uh, the lights i promise you this is what pastors are asking because they cannot understand why it is exploding i think when we went the last time there was a thousand people in the conference and when we go now again it'll be the same and uh there is a lot of people that is coming from other churches and we're doing our best and we're not there to get transfer growth and they're not doing transfer growth in any way and some people made some statements and they're in a little bit of competition i can't mention it online as something something is happening and uh and uh 
like on site online. Um, oh yes, and then there was obviously meetings called and they said, oh, we must stop Leon. And, uh, and I said, that is amazing. Our, our, our news is spreading. Um, but there were meetings called why? And I was speaking to Pastor Stefan. You know, he answers, when people ask him a question, he says, no. He says, because I submit. And the Lord has been ministering to me. You have people that submit 100%. And then you have people that submit according to their convenience. And I'm going to preach this at his church. There are people that submit according to convenience. And I've seen those who submit 100% explode. Doesn't matter if the one that you are submitting to is successful or not. God never asked who is your father. Are you guys with me? He is looking at your submission. So now obviously Pastor Stephen is greatly covered because all the attacks come to me. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's okay. But um, uh, uh, God is not asking, okay, uh, Leonard, all this controversy and, you know, because of this, he cannot grow. No, no, no. If, if I buy a book, the next day he would buy the same book. If I buy a Bible, the next day he would buy the same Bible. And I, and I looked at them and he, said to, and he said to somebody that was asking the question, he said, why? Uh, he, he, they asked him, why is it just exploding? I mean, one person was literally, they, 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 were, they were crying and bewildered when they saw what was happening. It's somebody that I knew for very long, very long. And they cannot, they are confused and they're getting angry with God because they try to do it for 15 years and nothing is happening. Here we come in one year without trying. And it just happens. It's possible it's called grace. And, he, and they said, no, but is it light? Is it, is it the gift of evangelism? Is it, is it, no, it's submission. But this person doesn't want to hear it. Are you guys with me? Jesus was submitted to His Father. One, He said, whatever I see my Father do, I do. My Father and me is one. And then we see His influence spread all over because of the key of submission. What is submission? You take your mission and you submit it under somebody else's mission. Very simple. Until the time of your birth. Do you know how many people I've seen when their birthing will come and then they abort it? Or they just miss it and they miss it their whole lives. Submission is one of the most powerful things you can do because God looks at that how you can submit to a man and says hmm so that's how you will submit to me I know it's not it's not, a, it's not actually what I'm supposed to be preaching I'm just going by the spirit it's not Shandai Shandai hallelujah but I'm giving you a key that I've seen I've seen who makes it and I've seen who doesn't I've seen who has the spirit upon them and I've seen who hasn't I've seen who has been fruitful and I've seen who hasn't 
And why do people not want to submit? Uh, they don't want to kill th that thing of self. Are you guys with me? I was preaching in big churches, yet I was still employed and I was, uh, I was employed at church. I was still under uh, my spiritual authority at that time. And uh, uh, who I served up until the day when the Lord released me. God released me through them. Not me coming to them saying, oh, you know, my season has come. The Lord spoke to me. I must go start a ministry. If I would have done that, things would have maybe been okay, but I wouldn't have had the supernatural backing of heaven behind me. So somebody wanted to tell me how bad it was. I said, you, don't, you, you think you had it bad. And I began to tell them what I had to do privately and personally and how I had to submit. And even when I wanted to leave, when I had doors opening all over, I had people coming to me saying, listen, my door is open. Whenever you want to leave there, I come, I give you this salary, I give you this ministry. You can do all these things. Are you guys with me? And the Lord gave me a vision. And He said, you will never enter into your vision. I'm just paraphrasing. Many of you have heard it, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You will not enter into what I have for you. I was taken up in this vision, a habitation of the spiritual realm. He said, you will never enter into what I have for you unless you die to your own vision. And there, at that moment, I made a decision to never come to my authority and say, listen, the Lord has called me to ministry. I'm going to go. I said, even though they have never sent someone out, never, there's no track record of somebody being blessed and sent out. No track record. Are you guys with me? So the situation looked impossible because many people came to me and said, oh, you know, but my spiritual father, they don't do this and I'm going to have an opportunity. I don't care. It is what God says. And I said to the Lord, okay, I will not go unless they ever send me. And if they don't, I will submit 100% up until the end. And my mind was made up, my heart was made up with that thing. And the moment it was settled, God could begin to move. But the moment that I was still alive, God couldn't move. A lot of people are alive and they're blocking the river like a flow. And the river cannot flow. They are kind of like in the river, but they are not flowing with the river. So they are in church. But God cannot move and breathe upon them like He wants to. Because they are not healed. Are you guys with me? I don't want to be long tonight, but I, I, I'm, I'm just starting, but I'm going to finish just now because we can't do anything. So say with me, submission. submission. If you want to see success in your life, I can at least say spiritual, but I can also say physically. You know, I look at people. I look at people that is around me. I look at every, people think I don't look. And I can see. And then as I see, the Lord will tell me, this one is going to do that one day. This one is going to do that one day. But my lips is commanded to be sealed until such a time. And that is what we call an inheritance. 
I met the man whose church I got saved in, who I worked for in the city. Great pastor, great, great man. Massive church, incredible work. Probably one of the biggest in the country. And uh, we had some fallout and he was, uh, yeah, so he wasn't my spiritual father at the time. And uh, then I found myself in Mishlanga. Now, when I say we had a fallout, I was like a few months saved and I was rebellious. I had all these things. I'm like, I didn't read demons. I didn't really care much. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything better. And uh, 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 we met now again and we had a, quite a couple of meetings. And, you know, the first time we met, he thought we didn't really make it. Like we thought, uh, you know, Oh, you're about until I began to show really what God has been doing. And uh, then they were shocked. They would realize the hand of God that is on the ministry. But I said, it is nothing of me. I said, you know, everything is God. Everything is God. And I, and I was saying to him, I said, look, you know, I said, I had to apologize. I said, what I did at that time, I was a few, I didn't even know what was right or wrong. I didn't even know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about Christianity when I got saved, really absolutely nothing except that Jesus died for me, which everybody kind of like knows. Being grown up, especially in an Enchia church, I, d I really didn't know anything. Um, you have, might have some people that are committed in Enchia church, I wasn't at all. Um, so I said to him when I got saved, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what submission is, but I said, uh, 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 you know, God's hand was obviously on me and, and God moved me and God was with me. And as the Lord was with me, because I made certain decisions and I'm going to get into it right now. I want to give you the short message through. As you submit to the call of God, there'll be separations that'll come and the Lord will separate you. And I'm not giving this message to advocate rebellion and say everybody's gonna be like, I'm separating from encounter, I'm going to my season. No, 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 I'm not speaking of those separations. You know, God has actually never called us to go from one church to another. The Bible, because you know, the Bible says that you're planted like a tree by the rivers. If you will move, God will move you. Other people, a lot of people, do you know 99% of people that, that move out of our church is offense? Are you guys with me? Many of you, come on, you have left and then you have come back. And then you have realized I've taken offense. And that offense has hindered you. It's not about how bad the authority is or how bad we are or, oh, you know, this church is just looking like, like, like this. Well, then go somewhere and go feel the presence and see if it is there and come back here because it looks like this, but in two years, it's no longer going to look like this. Are you guys with me? And the problem is a lot of times people go and then they come back and then they realize what they've lost. Only once they've come back. Then they realize the ground they've lost. God wants to use every single one here. It is not a matter of just those few or that or those or that. No, no, no. The moment our spirit can catch submission, there is nothing impossible with a man that can submit. David submitted to a soul and God made him to slay his tens of thousands while Saul slayed only his thousands because he chose to submit. The moment somebody chooses to submit, God will give greatness to you. Are you guys with me? 
So say with me separation. So let, let's get into this, into this quickly. Let's get into this quickly. And, and I'll be quick with this one. I'm going to give you seven separations. Uh, let's go to Genesis 12 verse 1. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Abram. First of all, the name Abram, say with me Abram. We'll be finishing in, in, in 15 minutes. I'm going to try to be finished. Uh, I'm going to rush through this so that I can give it to you quickly because you don't need all the Scriptures. You just need the points right now because the presence of God is here. But Abram means a father of heights, father that is heightened, high and lofty. That's what Abram means. So God had to change the name of Abram because as long as he was the father of heights, he could never enter into his calling. The moment I think too much of myself, I can never step into, I, listen to me, God rests. What did we read this morning? Isaiah 66 verse 2. The Bible says that God will rest upon the humble. So Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. Say with me, country. From your family. Say with your family. And from your father's house. So God, the moment the call of God came to Abram, the Lord separated him from his country, from his father's house, and from his kindred. He said, I need to separate you, Abram. Because unless there's a separation, you can never catch what I have for you. You are the sum total of the five people you hang around with. Are you guys with me? So look at your five friends. That is who you are. So if you choose five millionaires, it is scientifically proven you will become one. It is, sorry, statistically proven you will become one. Are you guys with me? If your friends make a million, if your friends make a lot of money, you will also, trust me in this, associations is power. I know I'm not going down too well tonight because everybody hates the swear word submission. And from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Say with me, a land. The Lord said to me to tell them by the end of tonight, a promised land is coming. Now listen. But there are seasons of separation to a land that I will show you. Next verse. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Do you know this is the first vision and verse that I got as a vision from the Lord speaking to me to tell me, get out of your family. Get out. Not that my family was bad. My family is here. Out of your father's house, out of your city. Why? He had to separate me. And many here are being called, but they are not submitting to the separation that God is bringing. And the Spirit of the Lord will bring certain separations because He can only consecrate what He separates. And He can only do wonders in your life once He has separated you. And please, I believe you to be spiritually mature to understand what I'm saying in context. Are you guys with me? I'm not causing every young person to leave their house now. or I'm just saying what God did with me. 
This, what I'm reading here, is what the Lord spoke to me. And this is why I left everything that I had behind. Because I just believe God called me. And it was going to happen. I thank God it happened. But I just acted. I always act on visions. I had a vision last week. And the Lord told me what's going to happen in the next season of this ministry. And He told me how He is going to bring certain things to pass. And I saw it in front of me as real as what you are here. And the Lord said to me, if you do one, two, three, you will see it like this. And He told me the time span. We have never battled with growth. We have just battled with space. Are you guys with me? We have more people in home cells than we have can, that can attend the church. We really do. If it wasn't for this building, we would have obviously been much, much better, much bigger. But I was just following God. There's nothing that, because we chose to save money and we chose to invest until we can properly, because we don't want to, I told you guys that's in the church for long, we don't want to move and move and move and move and move. That's the last thing I want to do. And everybody that plants churches out of us, I give them the same advice. I gave Pastor Stephen the same advice. You don't want to move and move and move and move. You want to get into a place and you actually want to buy as soon as possible. So uh, he said, I will, I, will, I, will, I will make you a great nation. So say with me, separation. So the first thing that Abraham was separated from was from his country, his family, and his, his father's house and his kindred. He was separated from the familiar. So God will begin to cause a demand to come upon you, to separate and cut you from that which is familiar. If the separation doesn't take place, I know that somebody isn't heeding to the call of God. Are you guys with me? Remember, God called Abraham here. Paul says, I do not count. I think it's Philippians uh, 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 somewhere. I think three somewhere. It says that I count the things, all things lost, and I stretch before me to stretch towards those things that are ahead. And everything that happened, I counted a loss. In fact, it says I counted as rubbish. It has nothing to do in my life. And I press forward. The moment Abraham let go of the first separation, God appeared to him. Go into verse 7, Genesis 12, verse 7. Listen to this. The moment of separation, God appeared to him. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, to your descendants, I will give this land. Wait, read that for me. Say, then the Lord appeared. Stop there. Then the Lord appeared. It's called the appearance of God. There were seven appearances of God with Abram alone. There were many appearances with Moses, but with Abram, there were seven appearances. There were seven separations. I'm not going to go through all the appearances. And then there were times in the separations where God will lift His eyes and cause Abram's eyes to be opened and his spiritual eyes to be opened. Meaning that only at a moment of appearance and visitation, and once God has cut off certain things from your life, can your eyes be opened? Many people cannot see because wrong associations or things that they have not been separated from is blinding them. But Leon, how do I do it? I see people are looking a bit tired. How do I do it? Listen to the Holy Spirit. If you are my sheep, you will hear my voice. I'm not saying everybody, 
must leave everything they have. I'm saying God, God will bring these separations in some manner or some measure. God will bring these separations upon your life. So serving separated from the familiar. That's the first separation that, that Abram had. Uh, and the Lord then appeared to him and said, I will give you this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Every time there was a visitation, there was an offering being taken up. Because they understood that the moment God visits, He requires something from us. Let's go to second separation, Genesis 12, 11. And you'll check, we're just going basically through Genesis. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. Do you know Abram was in a dispensation of grace? Are you guys with me? There was no law yet with him. The law only came in with Moses. So Abram was in a type of a new covenant. His faith was accounted to him for his righteousness was accounted to him. His faith was accounted to him as righteousness, you know, because he believed God. It is a type and a shadow of the believer today. So he lied and he didn't think anything bad about it. So the second separation, say with me, self-preservation. Say it again, say self-preservation. The moment you are separate, the first separation to come, then the Lord will begin to cause you to remove self-preservation. He will separate you. And the thing that holds a lot of people back, they are worried about their family, they are worried about their income, and that's okay. But then they're worried about what if they lose. So every decision is made on self-preservation. And we don't live for the glory of God. While you are young, and everyone that is under 70 or 80 is young. While you are young, you can give your best to God. If I would have self-preserved me, nothing of encounter would have existed today. There would be no encounter. Not here, not in Cape Town, not in Durban, not in Krugersdorp, not online. There would be no encounter. The moment I try to self-preserve, the moment I see self-preservation upon somebody that is close to me, I get, I get irritated and I get concerned and I get worried because I know that they are not ready for what God has for them. Are you guys with me? People don't like working for the church because we take a knife and we kill that flesh in a way that you never thought it would be killed. And then you're confronted with yourself and you're confronted with everything that you never thought were there and you thought you were okay. And we're not making it impossible, but ministry is not a job. It is a call and a mission. Are you guys with me? In America, it is a job and it is a business. It is a call and a mission. 
We, I think it is, someone told me, in Europe somewhere, you cannot, even the churches has problem with their staff, because you cannot fire somebody, you have to give them like a year and a half notice. Or if you let them go, you have to pay them for two to three years. I was speaking to somebody that had many, there's many churches there. And uh, I don't want to say the name or anything on you, but you have to pay them for two to three years. So they end up not letting people go. So everybody's secure because it's a socialist system. And you don't understand the call of God. I never try, I, or let me say it like this, I never actually fire someone. God removes them. And if I do fire you, there will be a redemptive thing that will come on later. Are you guys with me? Um, because yes, it is a work, but I have seen, unless that heart is circumcised, are you going to cry and cry and cry in ministry? Because it requires everything to be dead. And then because people look at Leon up there, this must be a wonderful life. Wow. You're kidding me? People curse these footsteps of mine every single day. Our family do not think, people like, oh, I'm going through attacks, Pastor Chris is going through attacks, Pastor Mort. I, I, I'm the head. The mental attacks, the physical attacks, the things that you feel. Do you know for a pastor, if somebody leaves the church that has been involved in the church, it feels it's the same trauma and pain as a divorce. I promise you, psychologically proven. If you're like, oh, he's controlling. I have my right and freedom. You selfish, selfish sinner. Because you don't understand spiritual dynamics. If you are truly given to encounter, it is like we are married. Are you guys with me? Just understand spiritual things because a lot of times people just see it from one side and they don't actually see what is happening. Why do pastors fall into sin? You're going to see great ministers fall. And let me not even speak of this nation. I will rather keep quiet in that regard. But when it happens, it is not because they are evil. Are you guys with me? There's a pressure that you cannot even begin to understand. Even in America that is happening all over, there's a pressure. So people just judge. Oh, he's so evil. He was with a woman. And you that are um, lusting and on pornography and everything, but you like raise your voice. That man was with him. Please, I was not with a woman. And this is not a preparation for anything that is coming. I'm just saying because we can be on the outside and look at somebody that is falling. Or they drank and they took what happened with Hillsong and they took some pills and they were in a woman's room for three hours and nobody knows what happened. Okay, the man built hundreds of churches around the world. I'm not saying that condones him. How would you have acted when all that mental pressure and everything comes on you? People are foolish and they judge not according to the spirits. They judge from their level here. They cannot perceive what is going on here. So they become stone throwers. Are you guys with me? Where the Bible says, pray for those 
who are in authority. Why? Because they have a pressure that you cannot understand. If somebody else tries to take my place, they will die. And you think I'm joking. I promise you right now, if Pastor Martin wants to take me, not out of rebellion, if he wants to step in, and say, you know, I'm going, to take, I'm going to do this better. And he doesn't think that or anything like that. Okay, I'm just, I want to give you an example. If he doesn't have that grace, and it is my vision on him and I'm not there, that thing will kill him. It will kill him. In six months, he will be so sick, he won't know what has happened. In two years, he will divorce his wife. So what, pray for those who are in authority. Are you guys with me? Let's go on before I preach you uh, upset. Let's go to the, where are we? By the third one. Go to Genesis 13 verse 1. Genesis 13 verse 1. And it is not, I know preachers preach like this because they prepare. And I'm not preparing for anything. Morally, God has protected us. The integrity of our marriage, the integrity of our ministry. I do not care what comes out on TV programs. And I don't even know if they're going to put it out. Apparently they are. I couldn't even care less. You know, in the first TV show, we were so nervous. By these, there's probably four coming now. I couldn't even care. I'm going to be excited to watch what they're going to do about us. I really couldn't care. Because there's, there, there's, and I'm not saying we are perfect, but there's, there's things that are fabricated. I see all these TV shows they're doing about preachers. And people are like, you know, uh, they, and they believe these TV shows. Well, when they did one on us, nothing was true. Literally, not one thing was true. They said, I had luxury houses, luxury cars, luxury jets. We're in money laundry and we steal people's money. That's what they said. Everything. They had false witnesses on there. And they had people that didn't even know they were speaking against us on the TV because it was edited. So when I look at a secular TV show, I do not judge and say the, sec the secular world hates Christ. So I come out of an experience where it happened with us and I can say nothing was true. Now I'm not saying everything that's going to come out about ministers or so is not true. I'm just saying what happened with us. Are you guys with me? And if you ever watched that show, you would have seen. If you didn't, that's good. So let's go to Genesis 13 verse 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, him and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot was with him to the south. Say with me, up from Egypt. So he left Egypt. The third separation that God will bring in your life is from Egypt. He will separate you out of Egypt. He will remove the world out of you. Many believers, many Christians get saved, but they love the world. Or they are somewhere like Diotrephes that were still in love with the world and the things of the world. I will still preach on the spirit of Diotrephes in the church. That is a man who wanted preeminence and he wanted to have a certain position in church. And he loved the praises of people. But he also loved the things of the world. So the third separation that God gives you after he calls you is to separate you from Egypt. Meaning it will be impossible for you to sit in a place of social or clubs with your friends or wherever you come in a bar. I'm not speaking to not to minister to them, but sitting there for enjoyment, it'll feel like your heart has been grieved. It is the separation that is taking place. 
And the moment you are obedient with the things happen. Are you guys with me? Then the fourth separation. Let's go to Genesis 13 verse 6. Genesis 13 verse 6. Listen to this. Now the land was not able to support them. It was him and Lot now that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Imagine being that rich. <laughs> you cannot live in the same land even together. You are too wealthy. And, and there was strife. Now understand this. It says the land was not able to support them. Imagine you're so rich that the land of Centurion cannot handle you and somebody else. That is how rich Abraham was. And Lot was that rich. Both of them had so many possessions. So when you would come into their vicinity, it's like walking into a city. And then we are like, oh, Christians must be poor. It is God's will for me to poor. I thought your father is Abraham and the father of faith. And that you are the seed of Abraham. It is time that you receive it by faith. Say with me, by faith. He received prosperity by faith. You receive the promises of Abraham by faith. You are the seed of Abraham. Have you ever seen? So they couldn't dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. This is a good problem to have. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. Say with me, separation from Lot. The word Lot means to be veiled. So the moment that Lot still stayed in Abraham's life, Abraham had a veil over his eyes and he couldn't see. And God is saying, I'm going to remove the veil from your eyes, but I have to separate you from your best friends. Lot was Abraham's closest friend and associate at that time. Are you guys with me? I remember when I got saved, I had best friends in the world and I would try to spend time with them. But they kept saying, are you judging us and this and that? And you have changed. Of course I changed. I got saved. And everything wanted to win them. And the Lord said to me, you will never win them. You will never get them saved. And I had to separate from them. Many are here. You don't want, you cannot separate by that friend in the world. Because and because of that, your eyes cannot be open. Are you guys with me? Your eyes cannot be open. In fact, look at what happened to, to Abram the moment he separated from Lot. Go with me to Genesis 13, go with me to verse 14. So we see him separating from what, look at what happened directly after this, verse 14. It says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, the Lord said to Abram, Say with me, after. after the veil was removed and Lot was separated. He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Meaning, Abram, open your spiritual eyes and begin to see the promise and the land that I have for you. Many people cannot see the destiny that God has for them because their associations is wrong. God is about to separate you from people that is trying to veil you 
and tell you that you cannot enter into certain places or do certain things. Seventhly, I receive an unveiling of my eyes. I receive spiritual eyes to be opened. Now let's, let, obviously, let me quickly go through it. I'm at point five, the fifth separation. That was the fourth separation, to be separated from Lot. Let's go to the fifth separation. Uh, uh, it's also verse 14, stone verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I give to your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through the length of it, width of it, give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent. So with him, moved his tent and went, dwelt by the terebinth tree. What happened here, he said to Lot, you choose what you want, I choose what I, meaning you choose the best land, Lot. Are you guys with me? Lot chose Sodom and he chose the land of plenty. Sodom, the Bible says it was plentiful. And Abram took the worst land, which was Canaan. It was the land of promise but it had nothing in the visible, in, in, the, in the current time. So the moment your spiritual eyes open, you will see what others cannot see. Others will think they are in the land of plenty, but you have the ability to see and listen to the promise of God and not just plenty. And you'll say that even though there's much here, I can see what is going to happen in the future. That God is going to destroy this place, but I'm going to enter into the promised land. And even though a lot took the best, it became the worst. Are you guys with me? And obviously ultimately destroyed by God. But when your eyes are open, so what is the fifth separation that takes place? God will separate you from the desire to get wealth. Because Abraham had to leave Sodom and separate from the land that had much. So there was a desire to have wealth. And God is saying, no, 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 I have a promise for you. Go into the place that even if it looks empty, my promise is there. And where my word is, it will come to fruition. Are you guys with me? So the moment I, but the fifth separation is that I'm separating, being separated from the desire to get wealth, the love of money, and that you cannot be bought. Say with me, you can't be bought. Listen, as a minister, I can't be bought. Trust me in this one. I don't care if somebody comes to me right now with a million rand, two million rand, and say, you know, uh, even this is how it works with the ministry, even if we have to get office in, to say you go to America or to this or to that and you'll get this amount of money, if the call of God is there, God separates you from the, once you lose the desire to get wealth, you're ready to enter into the promise of God. A lot of people choose wealth, so they choose the land of just enough and they miss the land of more than enough. What is the land of more than enough? It's Canaan. It's the promised land. Are you guys with me? But what, how does the promise come to pass? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it is faith and patience that gives birth to the promise. So it is faith where I believe and I know that God is going to do what He said He will do. 
but it takes time and it takes patience. Why? Because as a woman gives birth, it takes nine months of patience, but also nine months of faith because that woman, all she sees is a future child and the parents see is a future child. So they have the eyes of faith and it takes patience to birth a promise. And the promise of God for your life cannot be birthed without faith and patience. Are you guys with me? So the Lord broke the desire over Abram's life. And if you see how he broke it, Abram had to tithe directly after that. And he tithed to part from the monies. Let me get to the sixth separation. I want to finish. I don't want to be too long. Separate it. Go to Genesis 16 verse 1. Genesis 16 verse 1. Now Sarai, just be quick with the verses guys. 16 verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai's, Ab let, me, let me just say this. Say with me, Abram heeded. He submitted to his wife. Are you guys with me? So the sixth separation is where God separates you from the wrong order. Number one. Do you know how many men, even sitting here, you listen to your wife. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to your wife. But you don't, you're not making decisions for the house. And the reason many times the order is wrong is because that man has lost his authority, has done something he wasn't supposed to be doing. So he's living in shame and he cannot make decisions. So a voice puts, into, uh, uh, the enemy puts a, a voice of intimidation upon his life. And the order is wrong. Whenever the order is wrong, God cannot bless it. Are you guys with me? The Bible says God blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed them. And they multiplied. But God blessed them, not he or she. God blesses them. I do believe marriage is the perfect order and the perfect will of God. I know a lot of people say single, but Paul was single. It was never Paul's desire to be single. And Paul never really said anybody. Not everything in the Word is the Word. We'll, I'll teach on the interpretation of the Bible. Not everything in the Word is the Word. Or let me say it like this. Not everything in the Word is God speaking to you and is of God. Because the Bible quotes the devil speaking. That's not God speaking, that's Satan speaking. Are you guys with me? So we need to understand the interpretations of the Word. When Paul was speaking that it's better for a man not to get married, he was speaking of his flesh. It was on a letter. It became inspired. But it doesn't mean that is for everybody to follow. It was out of his flesh and he was wrong. He was hurt because of what happened to his wife. Are you guys with me? So you are separated from, from the wrong order. But listen to this. So he heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the maid, the Egyptian, and gave it to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. 
And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So the sixth separation, God will separate you from the wrong order, he will, which means He will separate you from Sarah, but He will also separate you from Hagar and Ishmael. So we see as we carry on reading that the way, go with you to Genesis 21 verse 10. 21 verse 10. I'm not, I don't have time to get into the meanings of Sarah Hagar. You've heard us teach on that. Uh, Genesis 21 verse 10. Listen to this. Therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. What does Hagar represent? Sarathi, the law. Ishmael represents a promise that you're birthing yourself out of the flesh. But Hagar represents the law. So here the Bible says, cast out this bondwoman. Say with me, cast out the law and her son. Which means that the Bible is saying, listen, cast out the law out of your life and the false promise that you try to birth in the flesh. So the sixth separation is the wrong order that was in your life. Where God is, where, where the enemy tried to come and lure you in to say you must elevate yourself and you must birth or do something that is like the promise of God, but it is not the promise of God. And the Bible says, cast out this bondwoman. Many people birth businesses out of themselves and there's no fruits. And they were supposed to be staying employed until the right time. Are you guys with me? Many people birth ministries out of themselves and there's no fruit. People ask us, why is our church not growing? It's eight years and it's 20 people. The blessing of God is missing. No, they don't want to hear that. But blessing of God is missing. Why is the blessing missing? Because you did something that you were not supposed to be doing. You didn't listen to God and somewhere self and pride came in and you took it upon yourself to give birth to an Ishmael ministry and not an Isaac ministry. Or you took upon yourself to give birth to an Ishmael call and not an Isaac call. And the Bible is saying the sick separation. God is saying that thing which you started, I want you to kill it. I want you to cast it out, put it out and separate it from you. Why does Pastor Gerard stand? Because he had to do it. Are you guys with me? He had to do it. People look at it very funny tonight. I understand if you don't understand. Are you guys with me? He had his ministry and nothing was happening. It was fruitless. Because he was young, we could tell him it's fruitless. Does it mean God hasn't called him? Absolutely no. But he took it upon himself to birth a ministry. So how old were you? 18 or 19 when you came to us? 19. 18. So he didn't want to close. He's like, oh, I'm going to lose my partners. I'm like, you have three partners. <laughs> how, much, how much rand? 2,000 rand a month. <gasps> I don't want to lose this. I'm like, self-preservation. Many has birthed an Ishmael call business, ministry, and they're holding on to that thing and they don't want to do what God is saying, telling them to do. And they will be fruitless and trying to survive. But the moment you cut it out, God can bring the promised son to you, which is Isaac. Are you guys with me? So now we go on. So the sixth separation. 
So we see after all these separations, God appeared and appeared and appeared to Abraham. And I'm not going to get into that. But let's get to the seventh separation. The seventh separation. Genesis 22 verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son. Say with your only son. God doesn't recognize anything that is birthed in an Ishmael capacity. God doesn't recognize anything that is birthed after the flesh. A lot of us try to help God in the call of God for our lives. Aye, 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 I wish you can understand this. These things saved me. He says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. I don't even recognize Ishmael as a son. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So the seventh separation, God will cause you to take the very promise that you do have. The call of God, the vision. He says, I want to kill it. I want you to sacrifice it. I want you to give it up and put it on the altar. And the moment you do it, you will know, I will know. In fact, the Bible says, now I know that you fear me. That's what the angel says. He says, now I know that you have faith. Now I know that you feared me, Abraham. So God wants to see by an action that we are trusting Him. I don't know if you guys are with me. It is easy to say in my heart, I trust you. It is difficult to take a first fruit and pay it and say, God, I trust you. Uh, we wanted, I wanted to pray for people's first fruits tonight, but we're going to pray tomorrow or Tuesday night, meaning everybody that gave a first fruit, I want to pray for you. And I won't forget, we will do it. We're supposed to do it this morning. Uh, I'll either do it uh, tomorrow night or the Tuesday night. Uh, this year was so pivotal. Usually we give as a family, uh, we give into other ministries. Um, I don't want to, I don't think, I mean, why must I give into our church? It doesn't make sense to me. So, um, uh, the Lord said to me this year, He said, I want you to give the, your first fruit into the ministry and into the church because of something that is going to happen and a promise that He has for me. The first fruit shows God that you are serious. The first fruit shows God that the rest of your finances will be blessed. Every time you give a first fruit, it reminds God when He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, as the first fruit, as the firstborn of many brethren. The first fruit worked such miracles that when God gave His first fruit, He reaped many who are sitting here. Are you guys with me? So, so, so let's see what happened the moment. Say with me, seven separations. Let's go to verse 13. Let me see if it is verse 13. Yeah, I'll go verse 12. So I'll close off with this. So there's seven separations. There are seven separations when the call of God comes on you. But when people obediently and meticulously listen to the Spirit of God. Now, if you have made a mistake, does it mean there's no more hope? No, these mercies are new every morning. 
Are you guys with me? I'm sure I missed it at many places, but His mercy is on you every morning. At the moment I miss it, I pray and I repent and I say, Lord, I'm, I might have missed this one, but I need another opportunity. I need another chance. That is the new covenant. We are in a place where God gives grace and He gives it abundantly. And He said, do not lay your, listen to this, as Abraham was about to kill his son, He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. For now I know, okay, so God, you didn't know before. No, I needed an act. I needed an act to happen so that I could see Abraham was serious. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Now look what happens. The moment he did the seventh separation. Next verse. Then Abraham opened his spiritual eyes. Are you guys with me? Every time the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. In the Hebrew, it means to open up your spiritual eyes and to see in the realm of the Spirit or to see in the natural something that you didn't see before because your perception is enlightened. So Abraham walked right past the ram that was caught in a thicket and he never saw it and he was about to kill his son. And as he was doing it, God is saying, now I know you fear me, Abraham. And the Bible says, then as he lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him, say with you, behind, which means Abraham missed the provision because he wasn't finished with the separations yet. You can miss things that God has for you, even in the natural, when the testings and the separations are not correct. So behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And the ram was supernatural provision, meaning that the moment that you go through seven separations and God can test you and He can measure you and He can put you into things to cut things, there will be supernatural provision for your life. There'll be supernatural. There'll be things that you try to do with Ishmael, that once you have your Isaac and you were about to give up your Isaac, that it comes in like grace. It just flows in. Instead of looking for business, trust me, when you're in this location, this place of seven separations, it comes to you like a wave. When doors are open and the heavens are open over you, it is grace that just flows. And where you once worked for something, now you no longer toil or work. It comes with an ease. Say with me an ease. Raise your hands. Let's stand to our feet. Raise your hands to the Lord. Say with these seven separations. Asko evreke doska bredena mandeleskedeye. La rosca avrekedenemeskete. For the sake of time, I need to finish. I can preach literally the whole night for the sake of time. Say with me, say, Holy Spirit, make me sensitive for the leadings and the promptings of your spirit. Let allow me to be led by the Spirit of God to be sensitive to the winds upon the sails of my ship. Let me go left when you say left, right when you say right. Let me hear the whispers of your voice. Let me sense it in my heart. So if you say, allow me to push through 
the seven separations. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for each one here. Even as we go tomorrow night higher, Tuesday night higher, I pray the dimensions of Your glory will be opened. I pray that these nights, especially starting tomorrow, You will impart gifts, spiritual gifts to them. I pray for mantles to be imparted. Like the Apostle Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. I pray by the apostolic and the prophetic this week that gifts will be imparted to them. I pray for a manifestation in the natural like it was with Abram when Abram saw the ram, saw the provision. I pray that our eyes will be opened and moments that we have missed in the natural will be recognized when our eyes are open and the lifting of our eyes is here. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the honor, the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.